0: Hello everybody and welcome to our podcast from Gen Z Media. My name is Anika Mather and I'm 17 years old and I'm from Connecticut. April 22nd is National Earth Day. So today we're gonna be talking about some of the different ways that you can celebrate it and some of the different ways that you can help the environment. And this is everybody who will be joining us today.
1: Uh, Hello everyone. Uh, My name is Sophia Escobar. I am a 17 year old junior uh, from Florida. Hello, I'm Lauren Scarpa and I'm 16 and
2: also from Connecticut.
0: The first thing we're going to discuss is what is National Earth Day and why is it important? So if anyone wants to take this question.
1: I mean, Earth Day, as far back as I can tell, it's mainly been like a day of like recognition for like our planet. kind of um, like to say that we, we recognize things like Pi Day and, and things like that, you know, <laughs> or like International Women's Day and like all of these fun days. It's basically um, kind of way of like respecting that. And even though I'm pretty sure like a lot of us already do like recycling and like try to be more environmentally friendly as much as we can, Earth Day kind of feels like a special day where it's like the entire nation. Kind of does it more so than other days, uh which has its own criticisms, but <laughs> I mean I remember like some what sometimes like we get like the hour of like no power in order to like celebrate Earth day and like try to minimize um like well electricity try to minimize all of like the um pollution and things like that, and try to minimize like light pollution for at least like an hour uh. So do you think that Earth Day is
0: a lot more um, effective than a lot of other ways of getting people to remember that the Earth is important and about some environmental issues?
1: I think it's effective in the way that we mostly celebrate Earth Day, like when we're in elementary school, like when we're little and we're just learning about like science and like the world and things like that. And like when we can't really comprehend yet, like impacts of like climate change and things like that or where climate change probably like doesn't necessarily sound like something that important to us because we're like eight like the most important thing to us is like our Legos (laughs) or like our toys or anything or like our family and things like that or our friends um and so it's like a fun way of like getting people like getting like little kids to know about that and I guess that's kind of impact like each generation ever since Earth Day was made uh I remember like always like on Earth Day it would be like our science teacher or like our history teacher doing things like fun little projects about like the earth, uh, coloring in like the earth, some like that, like smiley faces and things like that. Or like, how would we, I don't know, help with cleaning up a park or something of like that. And it's always been, I think, a way for little kids to get involved in that, to get involved with like going green, going to my environmentally friendly learning about recycling. Uh, so it's always been like a more, a kid's holiday more so but a kid's holiday in a way that it prepares you for like the future
0: that's a really interesting point never really thought about it like that
1: lauren do you have anything to add
2: yeah i would like agree i feel like you do participate more as a kid but like when it was um originally created i feel like it did have a pretty big impact um on adults too because I think it wasn't created till like around 1970 Earth Day and before then there was like no environmental regulations whatsoever so like people could just like release toxic waste into the air and into the water from their factories and like the EPA was created because of Earth Day so like now Earth Day is more kind of like celebrated by kids but I think when it was first instituted it had a big impact because it's what like created the EPA so that the environment could actually like have something to protect it and wasn't being destroyed as much. Could you explain more about what the EPA is? Sure, okay, so the EPA stands for the Environmental Protection Agency. And basically it like creates laws to like protect the environment. Like I know one specific one is like about um, carbon emissions. like like, for example, your air freshener will say, like, safe for the environment because they use, like, emit chemicals which took away from the ozone layer, so now the EPA, like, banned those chemicals from the air freshener, so it can't destroy the ozone layer anymore.
0: Thank you. I think our second question is, what are some environmental issues? So, there's anything that you guys can think of that are, like, environmental issues that impact us?
1: I think there's too many to count. Um, <laughs> but I think a lot of them, I mean, a lot of them are country specific, um, depending like culture and how like development in different countries, like infrastructure and development, things like that in different countries. Although I do think like some general ones are probably like pollution's a big one. Um, air pollution, water pollution, land pollution as well. I mean, at least down here in Florida we have a lot of problems with um pollution and like the Everglades and things like that. Pollution and um in the beaches are very pride of beach. (laughs) Like the the pride of Florida is basically the beach. Um and maybe oranges, but that's fine. (laughs) Um and I think also like land development. Land development's a big one. Like that's especially with like how many 8 billion people in the world land development is a big one because like you have it seems like you don't have enough land anymore because a lot more countries are like um preserving natural beauty preserving like like things like the amazon which is its own issue (laughs) or like here in the united states we have like national parks and things like that you're not allowed to build in these sections of land which is like it brings up its own issue of like housing of uh yeah of housing of like suburban housing which to me i feel like we can get so we can just go up but <laughs> um and it, it's really interesting because then you have uh you know obviously i guess one of them is global warming and things like that and all of these seem to be like interconnected because you have like different Uh, issues affecting the other one or worsening the other one or getting the other one better and like it's very it's very interesting how (laughs) how interconnected all of these like environmental issues are with each other um for
0: one of these issues like maybe for the housing one do you know about some of the impacts that they have on these like issues maybe some negative ones or even positive ones that could come out if we do fix the issue
1: i know um for like land development, what cities are doing now are making like smart cities, like green cities. And so they're basically trying to combine um city landscape with like natural environment. So like adding more trees to walkways or adding more parks in the middle of cities. Um trying to like preserve uh some scenery um that isn't just like the giant concrete buildings. <laughs> um I know that like they're also trying to do like things like green roofs, like adding um uh like bushery and things like that to like roofs, one that um helps a lot actually with cooling down a house. Um, so you don't need as much air conditioning in the summer. Um, but also it just looks nice. Uh I know that at least I guess some negative things are coming from land development is the fact that at least um from what I know in Florida, it's we're like filling in swampland, and that's getting rid of natural environment for uh, different animals. Uh, they're native to Florida, and this happens the same like everywhere else. Whenever you're developing land, you you're cutting down trees. You're um, granted the trees can be used for things, but you're also taking away uh, land from animals. Probably, um, yeah, land from animals that otherwise would need it like they like they need that land and so you're basically diminishing the natural habitat of different species which is in turn disturbing the food chain in turn disturbing our food chain um and it's it's like yeah like land development at least for that um it has its own uh i mean i guess on one side infrastructure housing land for us (laughs) on the other hand it's coming back to bite us in the butt with that because then we're getting less trees less oxygen atmosphere global warming like it's it's coming back to us um but i i know i know a lot of like um kind of like progressive cities are trying to push for more green infrastructure um so more uh more like they're trying to push for like more um naturally generated like electricity so like wind power solar power um i know that in at least like down here in florida some cities already have like on the on the highways things like that they have the like the lights of the highway they have solar power solar panels on them um which is very cool <laughs> um and so it's it's like it's it's bad but well, a lot of people are trying to make it better.
0: <laughs> um, Lauren, do you have anything that you can add to this topic?
2: Um, I don't have like a specific like area, but I know there are like some people who uh, want the earth to be like half um natural and half human, and like what they're suggesting is that if people um eat like less meat, like maybe even just like once a week cut it out it will like help with that because they won't need as much land for like the animals because people are eating less meat so they won't have to like raise as many animals and things and also it would help with like trash because obviously like, the meat is in like plastic um, packaging as well and then also it would like cut down in some transportation because less meat is being shipped from one place to another if it's being eaten less so like I don't know if I don't remember if there's like a statistic for it, but I know like they said like even one day a week can help like more than you probably
0: think. I know you did mention some of the ways that these issues are being solved, like cutting out meat once or twice a week. Um, but do you know about any of these impacts that could positively or like what would positively help the environment by cutting out the meat? you started mentioning a little bit about um, land that could be preserved. Is there anything else? I think you're finding the source. Um,
2: it, uh, yeah, also if you like had out meat for like a day a week, um, it would help with like water consumption because it apparently takes like 2,500 gallons of water to produce just one pound of beef. So obviously like that's a lot of water for just one pound. So that would cut down on a lot of like you um, feel like purified water, which would help a lot because a lot of water is already polluted so you can't use it. And then you only have like selective water to use anyway. And then you're using like so much just for one pound of beef.
0: That's a really interesting point. I think that one thing that I really wanted to bring up was um, fast fashion and how that negatively impacts the environment. It kind of relates to both um, of your points where talking about pollution and um, environmental sorts of environmental issues where a lot of companies are mass producing like clothes and it's cheaply made which allows a lot of people to buy it which in turn makes allows them to make even more it becomes a cycle where people are buying more clothes than they even use and a lot of it ends up in landfills um and it also takes a lot of like water and a lot of like time to uh, make these types of clothes like jeans caught like take a lot of water to um, make. So one way that this could be helped would be like through thrift store shopping since thrift stores are like a lot of people might think it's like secondhand and they don't really want to go there but there's a there's a really like big surge nowadays in like thrift shopping or like vintage clothes or like going out and trying to buy things secondhand um, and you could still find a lot of great things even if they are secondhand um, and that would actually help in the environment by like not having these like new clothes that took a lot of water and things to produce. So I think we're gonna move on to the third question, which is what are some ways that the average person could help the environment on Earth Day or in general? Does anyone wanna take it? Um, well, an obvious one is like recycling, which I would hope
2: that most people do already. But I mean, I just saw this today and I thought it was like pretty important that um, if you don't recycle glass, it can take like around a million years to decompose. So I feel like if people knew stuff like how long it actually takes, it would be more likely to recycle because they would realize that it's just gonna sit in like the ground and not decompose for
0: that long.
1: I think a lot of things that like people Sorry, something that like a lot of people do as well, I think is also um like carpooling or like instead of taking your car, you take uh the bus or you take uh or you walk or like you do any other means of transportation like biking um because like one it cuts down carbon emissions from your cars. I think I remember hearing something about like how in uh, like the beginning of lockdown, like a lot of states were like truly locked down and there wasn't like um like slow reopening yet or like there wasn't um as many cars uh, like on the highway or like on the road. I think there's I, I don't know, like the exact number, but it was there was a lot less carbon emission from um, like especially like in big urban cities like New York. There was a lot less carbon emission from the cars because there wasn't so many people out and about um everyone was like at home everyone didn't like jobs were basically transferring to remote like people um weren't out and about like the only people who were like were first responders obviously and like some essential workers i think so like groceries um i also know that oh yeah and like people like carpooling now again (laughs) like that's become a thing (laughs) like um especially like in, in in teenagers i feel like in us carpooling has become like more of a thing than it used to be uh just because one i mean you get to hang out with friends in the same car you get to have fun memories from just goofing around in the car while you get somewhere but at the same time like you're also helping the environment it's pretty great like it's a it's a nice cheap way of well not that cheap because i mean you got to buy the car but (laughs) it's a nice way of like um turning like basically revolving your life around being eco-friendly um without having to drastically turn it around like without having to i don't know like completely change your diet which i know was something that you were bringing up lauren like how people want to eat like less meat and like have more vegan and like vegetarian diets uh which is again its whole own issue um and like its own like controversial topic with a lot of people um but like you don't need to like change your diet or things like that you just need to like instead of choosing to go in your car instead of paying for more gasoline for more like fuel that they have to like drill up anyways um which is already negatively impacting the environment you're going with a friend you're carpooling with a friend you're getting um you know they can they can drop you off first somewhere and then they can go somewhere else so instead of having two cars you have one car and it's basically like cutting down carbon emissions a lot. I know that uh, well yeah that's how like people that's how people do it. Um, I think some countries also have like their own like policies with that. It's very interesting because it's become like national policy in some countries, not specifically carpooling, but definitely like different cars can go on different days outside like they can, people can drive depending on your license number. I know at least like my family's from Colombia in Colombia. We have, uh, it's called Pico y Plata. It's basically on specific days, depending on your license, like on the last digit of like your license plate number, you can drive. And so it cuts down, um, one, it cuts down traffic. Two, it cuts down carbon emissions because you're not emitting as many, like you're not as, you're not emitting as much carbon per day. It's down by a lot, um, depending on what number, depending on what car. Um, and then also, like, people are basically, uh, forced to do, like, other things around their house, which in all honesty, I feel like it really only works for, uh, like, big cities. There are, like, it has things closer together and have, like, other transportation options, like subway and things like that. In, like, rural communities or, like, in suburban communities, I feel like it doesn't work as much because, I mean, it takes a lot, like, it takes a lot longer to walk to Publix or like walk to the grocery store and come back <laughs> with like full of like heavy groceries. So it's, I guess it's like one downside of that.
0: I agree and I also, I think that like also going off to like your point is like the buses are also a great option because they also have like the same effect as carpooling. And sometimes it could even be cheaper depending on where you have to go and like how you wanna get there. Um, I think we're going to go to our next question is, where can you learn more about the environment?
2: I'm pretty sure I actually, oh yeah, so on earthday.org, you can go there and learn more about the environment. They have stuff about the history or just like about um, how to like educate kids about it or what laws there are on conservation and like what organizations and groups are doing right now and like what groups exist. And, like, on the website, you're actually able to join, um, like, environmentally friendly organizations and, like, volunteer to do work with them. And you can, like, create your own as well, like, your own volunteer group and other people on the website can join it.
1: I feel like just going into, like, your local park or, like the zoo or any of like any like public spaces that are like more environmentally orientated um can help a lot because a lot of times they do like talk about like no littering no like a lot of times they do talk about uh climate change especially in like science museums um a lot of times whenever i used to go to like a science museum as a kid they always there's always some sort of section there that talks about the environment. That talks about like global warming. That talks about the planet, and I feel like that's a great way to kind of get started, especially with like younger kids, because you don't want to scare them too much <laughs> with like all like scary statistics. Like I remember the U like the UN basically some years ago saying that it's like there's twelve years into irreversible climate change, and like which in theory should freak everyone out, but w- politics exist. <laughs> um and it, it, like it's it's basically become political, and that's a whole like Pandora's box i don't want i don't wanna open <laughs> um but like really just going anywhere, i guess if you're like in school or in university, you can talk about um like you can try to join like environmental clubs or try to just talk to like any like uh natural science expert in like your your own school. So like a teacher or professor, things like that. They usually have um, resources to point you in like the right direction to where you wanna go, um, what you wanna learn about. Um, Great, thank you guys so much for joining
0: us and thank everybody, thank you everybody for listening to us discuss this issue. Um, Please come back next time to listen to us discuss another social issue topic that impacts our generation.